0: Hello, my name's Andre Longley. I'm the editor of The Hammond High. Each week on this podcast, we'll be bringing you an interview with a guest with strong links to North London, where we'll discuss their lives, careers and love of the area. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe, like and leave a glowing review wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So I'm Bridget Galton and I'm the features editor of the Hampstead Highgate Express. And today I'm going to be uh, talking to Marcus Davey, who for the past 21 years has been the chief executive of the legendary arts venue in Chalk Farm, the Roundhouse. And we're not only going to talk to him about how they have fared during the pandemic or throughout it, but also a bit about the very long and uh, amazing cultural history of this um, iconic grade two listed building. Hi Marcus, Th- thanks, thanks for doing this. I know we've spoken so many times on the phone, but I, I haven't, we don't normally do it face to face and virtually.
0: <laughs> well, it's great to see you. Again.
1: Yeah. How, you. Perhaps we should really start with how the last five months have been for you guys. How, how? When did you actually shut the doors on the roundhouse? What date was it? Can you remember?
0: Yes, I remember it very clearly. We ran uh, our last uh, concert gig on the 16th of March. And then we would close the doors the next day, and by that time, nearly all the staff were working from home. And uh, within that week, everyone was working from home. And uh, unfortunately, we had to close the Roundhouse Studios, our centre for our creative centre for young people as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's when, like so many people, that's when, well, everybody really, the world's kind of stopped turning
1: yeah and also everyone could have funny, imagines that people like you who run arts venues have now been sitting on your hands for five months you've been out tri- having picnics in the park but i'm just imagining it isn't actually the case is it
0: no i'd, I'd have very flat hands if i was doing that and uh, i haven't actually done that at all in fact i don't think i've had a day off since um, even though i did have some holiday but it was just like for so many other people You know, thank goodness for the furlough scheme, uh, without which it would have been incredibly difficult to navigate the last five months. We've had about 70% of the organisation on the furlough, and the other 30% have been working unbelievably hard to deliver a programme with young people, but also to try and find a way through Um, fundraising, uh, doing, you know, negotiating, uh, renegotiating contracts, trying to look after the beautiful, stunning, lovely roundhouse building itself. Um, trying to look after staff as best we possibly can and then unfortunately having to go through cost-saving exercises because there really just isn't enough money to go around we've lost a huge proportion of our income because you know uh, we generate income through bar sales and ticket sales and rentals and private events and also through um renting some office space and also fundraising and all of those have been hit hard uh, and what we've been trying to do at the same time is put on programs of work for young people online and recently we've been trying to we have actually started doing some face-to-face with young people in the community as well so it's been actually really frenetic five months uh, mm. uh, whilst trying to stay on top of what the future might hold as well and that balancing act of looking after people now, planning for the future, not having enough information to plan for the future. And then you kind of have to research as much as possible to find out what's available. So I've been very lucky to be in some conversations with some leading people in the medical world, uh, including the person who runs the Oxford vaccine study, which seems to be one of the leading uh, studies or programmes in the world.
1: Yeah, they're going into final stage, aren't they, of their trial, yes.
0: Yeah, so, you know, if that trial works, and of course there's big ifs and buts around everything, um, you know, we could be looking at some positive news early next year, but that'll yeah. take a number of months to roll out and then for people to start feeling safe and also to have some money in their pockets to go and start buying tickets, wanting to go on the the buses and the tubes and... and yeah. And, because I,
1: I know it's it's, in, it's interesting. Because first, you know, it's all very well the government saying it's okay to have indoors, you know, two and a half meters distance, and you know, nowhere near a singer and all that. But actually, most people who run indoor venues like you think that it's the vaccine that's going to sort of bring a vaccine is going to bring a, a lot of normality back to to what you do. Do you think that's true?
0: Uh, I think that's absolutely true. What we're trying to do is everything we can to get the Roundhouse Studios open as soon as possible to do the work with young people. But I don't know, um, anyone who's been to a gig will know that, and the Roundhouse holds about 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. When you go to a gig, you sing along. And if you've got to be nowhere near another person, you've got 3,000 <laughs> singers in there. And okay. you know whether they want to buy tickets and sing along, or can you imagine trying to stop people singing? And (laughs) imagine the bands, or the theatre companies or the circus companies um, trying to be in kind of isolated bubbles from, you know, uh, each other or whatever. Um, And also then you've got all the technical teams, the crew, the guitar maintenance people, then all the volunteers, the ushers, security. And, you know, it's an intense moment of two hours usually or so of people coming together to have something that raises them up from the normal the day-to-day and gives them something so much to look forward to and gives them a great experience and singing along is part of the gig tradition okay for theatre you don't kind of speak the word at the same time as your actors that would be a bit weird Um, so I do think for quite a lot of activity for those kind of big shows it will take some time we're looking at the possibility of experimenting with some um, mm. and gigs and we're trying to raise some money so to help us do that with a smaller capacity so we can work out. It's not necessarily having people seated in a row and you can do that, you know, separated. It's what if somebody then needs to go to the toilet or go get a drink or, you know, leave suddenly. They're going to brush past other people. It's, yeah. you know, some, some theatres are doing some things and there are obviously things going on outside. In fact, I'm going tonight to uh, the open-air theatre in Regent's Park. Um, oh jesus christ superstar concert yeah just just to see what it's like you know to you know do you remember what live performance is you know yes
1: i'm going to king's cross to hear the aurora orchestra on monday lift their
0: battle yeah
1: (laughs) Um, exactly i mean aren't we all dying to for live entertainment we are but but as you say it's going to be some baby steps first, isn't it?
0: I suspect there's going to be some yeah. baby steps first, and maybe some toddling backwards before we <laughs> go forward. Um,
1: to the <laughs> so, Marcus, I'm going to talk, We're going to talk about the future uh, in a bit, but can we go back to a bit about the history of the building and then where you came in, which was kind of two decades ago. Um, I think lots of people will know that the roundhouse had something to do with the railways and they might not know why it's round. Um, Can you explain?
0: (laughs) Yes, of course. The roundhouse was built in 1846 and opened in 1847 as a steam engine maintenance shed. It could hold 23 steam engines being repaired at any time and one being turned around to after it had been repaired. It had a turntable in the middle, but it wasn't to turn trains around. It was to turn the trains around after they'd been repaired. So that's why it was around. So that steam would come in, go off into a bay, be repaired, and then be turned up and go out again. Now, uh, it, it, it is a unique example of, of what it is. It is huge. It's 48 meters across. Of course, things weren't measured in meters then, but that's kind of roughly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's made out of brick iron and wood, and the ironwork is made into two sorts of iron in there, wrought iron and cast iron, and the, the, the beams are bigger in the middle to make them stronger, uh, and those are the kind of the wrought iron, the cast iron great big pillars that hold the roof up. Now, yeah, it was new technology, and you know, like, like a mobile phone, um, it was new technology of its day, and like that, it went out of, it became redundant quite soon, it only lasted for seven years as a steam engine maintenance shed, and then they worked out that actually having long shed-like buildings was much cheaper, much quicker, and you just chump them through. Now the roundhouse was going to was going to close um, or be knocked down because what? Why would they need it? It was actually it is beautifully crafted, but uh, a local farmer, yes, farmer, local it's farm, <laughs> um, wanted to store some grain and some potatoes, and that's what saved the roundhouse until the. Uh, local gin and um, uh, makers Gilby's, bought the building, and it became one of the largest bonded warehouses for wine, gins, and spirits in Europe for about a hundred yeah. years, mainly storing malt whiskey from Speyside. Really? And, and the, was-
1: but the idea of bonded bonded warehouse, this is something to do with paying tax on your liquor, isn't it?
0: Yes, exactly. It was a way of not paying tax. I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I think it was that when it was coming in from somewhere it was then bonded before it went somewhere else so it didn't have to be distributed and you know um, so you didn't
1: pay tax on it while it was in the in the roundhouse
0: exactly
1: and then and and it's interesting isn't it because it had fallen into disuse uh then sort of before the second world war as i understand but it was recognized as being an important building because it was listed quite early on wasn't it which is uh as a sort of example of its kind
0: Yes, I mean, I think it actually stayed as a bonded warehouse until about 1960. Oh, did it? Okay. And, and, uh, and then Arnold Wesker, the, the playwright, yep. had a vision for a people's palace, really. And he had, a, he, he had been to the Trade Unions Congress in 1961. And they've been talking about um, a resolution to bring the arts and the people closer together through the trade unions. And that resolution was number 42. And he set up a theatre company called Company 42. And he toured the country with his plays and other people's plays. And it was kind of a vision for a future where theatre and the arts were more part of people's lives. Now, he had been talking Isn't that a great... That's a great track record for the future for the Roundhouse, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Um, he then talked to um, a friend of his uh, who owned, who was who, who telling this friend about his vision to have a centre, to have a building where, you know, it would be a people's theatre. And the person said, well, I've just got, you know, I've just acquired this round building, which is redundant. Go and have a look <laughs> at it. And I think on a peppercorn rent or something very small, he was given the building basically, and he set up Centre 42, the roundhouse, uh, mm. came to life as a as an arts building in 1966. It was actually the 15th of October, 1966, when they launched the uh, now-closed International Times, which is a, a counterculture newspaper, the IT. And the the big band of the day, Soft Machine, were booked to do the big gig. Yeah, Paul McCartney came, and Marion Faithful, and loads of other famous people of the day. And a young local band who'd been playing kind of gigs in pubs and clubs and things like this is their first major gig Did their first major gig is a kind of all-night rave and light show and they're called Pink Floyd
1: and whatever happened to them huh
0: okay, I mean these fans <laughs> just don't go on do they um
1: I love this all-night rave you know pe- people kids now think they invented the all-night rave but it was going on in 1966 in the roundhouse wasn't it
0: Yes and then and then for about 16 years it became the world center for counterculture you know that was the birth of the psychedelia movement 10 years later on the 4th of July 1976 the ramones gave their first british gig at the roundhouse Young members of bands were in the the audience and the punk movement in Britain was kicked off as well as some other places in London, of course, and other places. But, you know, lots of people say that was a moment when the galvanizing force of that kind of punk ideology of do it yourself, you can do it. Six, seven years later in the Thatcherite era, um, the Roundhouse came to a close in 1983, redundant, nobody knew kind of what to do with it. Um, There were lots of different schemes. Um, and it wasn't until the brilliant, genius and generous um, local toy maker who made Polly Pocket amongst them, the giant yellow teapot amongst <laughs> other things, bought the building. So talk for Norman, um, yeah. bought the building to turn into a creative centre for young people and re- turn it to a, an amazing um, performance space as well
1: i mean because it, it's interesting it's it's time in the the 60s I, I we can't gloss over the fact that the doors played rolling stones bowie hendrix led zeppelin and obviously then the clash and the jam as well i think um and then there was also for people who are theater aficionados there was also uh, peter Brooks staged stuff there didn't he and then thelma holt's got lots of great stories about Putting on huge extravaganzas in the 70s, like Bartholomew Fair with real mice, etc. Yes. But yes. as you say, so a lot of people have been really, really fond of coming along to the roundhouse. And, there, and even kind of, there was this naked review which pops up if you, t- if you type in the roundhouse, this naked review called O Calcutta, o Calcutta. with an exclamation yeah. mark in 1970. And, and again, all the celebrities turned up to see this slightly scandalous thing and you have ginsberg doing his poetry so i i'm guessing though that when talk took it over in 1996 and I, I think he paid is it right that he paid six million for it is that, no, that it right?
0: was, i think it was just under three million and it's completely redundant i've got a couple of stories relating to the other points you just go, made there if you want. go. Okay. yeah so, um <laughs> you've got uh Calcutta which um was an all naked review, directed, produced by Kenneth Tynan, but it was, um, there was an actor called um, Tony Booth in it. And about, (laughs) uh, what was it, it must've been about 2003, I think, or 2004, I was showing um, Cherie Booth, Cherie Blair around the roundhouse. And she said, oh goodness, I used to hate walking past the roundhouse because there's a huge picture of my dad completely naked, except for a loincloth, <laughs> on the front of the building. And as you said, she loved it now. But you know, she had these horrific memories of going down to school, passing the roundhouse or wherever it was you go, and a picture of her dad being naked on the front of the building. And you mentioned Allen Ginsberg there. There was a, a very famous conference um, called "The Dialectics of Liberation." The the how to you know the the, the how to Talk About Liberation. Um, and Alan Ginsberg chaired it in July 1967, the month I was born, actually, um, <laughs> and the year as well, The um, uh, for two weeks. He was here for two weeks. And the leading kind of academics, philosophers, and psychotherapists of the day um, came and, and talked. Um, there was everyone from kind of black power um, yeah. to... Um, Uh, theatre companies from Los Angeles doing, you know, completely scandalous things. Uh, There was one speaker who got up and gave this speech about power to the people and and got the people quite riled up. Remember, this is 1967, 22 years after the Second World War. At the end of the conference, he, um, I think his name was Emmett Grunberg, something like that. Um, He said, I've got to tell you that I didn't write that speech. It was written in 1933 by someone called Adolf Hitler. (laughs) <laughs> and, and you know the shock the shock even now you mention it even talking about it is horrific um and of course you know there, there were some re- you know this was at the edge of theater making of speech of freedom of music making the punk ideology came you know we we just think of it as part of our lives now but it came from you know and and you know the the, the grime movement is a kind of um 21st century, 2017, 18, 19, 20, whatever um, movement, which is uh, closely affiliated with with that punk ideology, and and it's great that the Roundhouse has also played a part in that that in, in grime and poetry because it is of the essence of the day, and I, that's why I suppose I'm trying to say is that the Roundhouse is, is of of its time, and that's a really important thing because quite a few quite a few older people say, well, there's nothing there for me, and I sort of go, well, you know there was when you were younger and they say, yes, when I was younger, I went to see the doors or the stones or whatever it was or Tempest or the ick by, by Peter Brook. But now what are you doing? And I said, they're all full.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And no, you're right. In terms of the programming today, it ranges from the latest music, as you say, to some, I've seen some fabulous theatre and dance there. Um, I mean, if they wanted the... De- I, I remember the RSC's history plays that used prodigious amounts of blood. I think we did a story about how many buckets of gore. And I, I was heavily pregnant at the time and I had to leave about two-thirds of the way through and all, <laughs> all the rest of the audience thought I'd... I'd been forced to give birth. I actually just couldn't cope with it anymore. Um, but... Um, so yeah, you're right. In terms of programming today, um, so much of it is is an echo. You have, you know, poetry slams and um, uh, you know all, all manner of events that really echo so much of what was going on then. I know I've asked you this before, but I think it's worth saying. It w- there's something special about the space, isn't there, that made people like Peter Brook want to stage his work there, or indeed. Um, the RSC director or, or, or the, to the, the bands to play it. There is something special, isn't there?
0: Yeah, Peter Brook said the roundhouse space makes allows the imagination to soar. You know, there, there's nothing, it, it's interesting, there's so much there, but there's nothing there. There's mm. old iron, there's brick, <laughs> hall, built as a theatre, and that's probably why it works so well as a theatre or a, a concert hall or a, a, a circus venue or a, a dance space, because, you take what you want from the space, but it's got such a height in the middle. You're awe-inspired by the building. But I think the, the deeper thing is that it's a very democratic space. You're, when you're seated in the round, you have no more of a special seat than anybody else. There are no private boxes. Everyone's in there sitting together, experiencing together. And they, there's a, a, a more of an equality about seeing shows at the roundhouse than anywhere else that I can really envisage or, or have mm-hmm. been to. Um, that that thing about seeing somebody else seeing what you're seeing has a has a real impact because you, you're not only having your own emotions you're witnessing other people's emotions and you're relating to the performance so those shows that people have seen in the rounds you talked about the rsc's histories or um barbershop chronicles uh, recently barbershop as well chronicles last summer which sold something like forty thousand tickets or something it's amazing in the round experience and it felt like we're all in there experiencing something together. And, you know, even with Akram Khan's um, Beautiful Until the Lions, or Fuezza yep. um, Bruta, where you're standing and there's this amazing immersion above you and around you and in you. Yeah, I've seen quite a few of those kind of shows in barns and, and, and sports halls around the world, but there's something about the roundness, which is a democratic space, it's something that you know. There's no end to a round, and you know that's sounding a little bit philosophical. But there's 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 something about where where, where there's an equality and a, a democratic nature of the space that gives people a freedom.
1: Mm. And speaking of democracy, the the other thing that goes on that, that's all the stuff that goes above ground. What goes on below ground? And Torquil Norman's vision was to if you'd like to democratize access to the arts for kids who might not come from the kind of background where they're all hooked up with lots of work placements and access and amazing you know degrees in this that or the other um so t- talk a bit about that because that was always right from the beginning when he when he got the building and you came on board to help raise the money (laughs) and make it a reality because I think it's worth saying that the building itself probably wasn't in an amazing state and what was always the vision for from Torquil and indeed from yourself that you you when you came along
0: well um you know it took um from Torquil buying it to reopening it took 10 years I know it was, it, I know it. it a and you're a <laughs> a you were there. We, um, the
1: Hammond High helped to raise a did. few pennies. We rattled the tins and the readers.
0: Uh, yeah. well, <laughs> the, 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 the vision that I bought into um, was that this was going to be, you know, a, a leading creative centre for young people, a model um, to show the world that actually, if you invest in young people and give them a voice and give them a platform and give them a role in governance, then, you know, then amazing things can happen. And the, uh, the way I always thought about it was that you know it, uh, locked inside all of us is, is this incredible reservoir of 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 potential of of creativity and um if we can only let it out you know as we grow up as children we're always creative we're always imaginative but through somehow um, f- when we get to about 10 we're, we're locking it away we're too shy to talk about it and this is a great way to release it again because through it, through our creativity, um, through how we use our imagination into creativity, we learn a whole range of other skills as well, from teamwork and presentation skills. And there's something inside us that we we allow that kind of, that, that important part of us, um, of ourselves to shine, which is the bit where we show our potential. And if you can show our potential, then we can be invested in and then we'll create more and we can earn more and we can build our society and our communities in which we live. Um, So that sounds quite grand, but I mean, we have two young people on our board of trustees as trustees. We have a youth advisory board, um, which meets uh, monthly. We have young people involved in all of the projects and all the big decisions that we take, all the decisions that we take at the Roundhouse. We have young people involved in the interview panels for senior members of staff and for board positions and for um, our chair. And in fact, our current chair Simon, he he said that um, okay, doing the interview with the headhunter, he's used to that. Doing an interview with me and and some of the other board members, a bit more scary. Doing an interview with young people um, who maybe come from different backgrounds to him, said you know that's a real leveler because you there's nowhere to hide, and you know they they liked him a lot, so that that was okay. Um, so they're immersed in, in every essence, every bit of the roundhouse, and the progression routes are extraordinary. You know, the the number of young people who were in work before COVID, who had come through our programs was something like 85%, and 80% of them were working in the creative industries. Now that's building um, something extraordinary for the country, but the other bit of it is, um, Majority of those are um, black and brown ethnic minorities and um, also from working class backgrounds and from areas of multiple deprivation. So this is not, not only a kind of thing, a place for young people to develop their creativity. It's a place for all young people. And we have made huge efforts to make sure that all young people are included. Now, it's incredibly cheap. It's something like only two pounds a session. If young people can't afford that, we have a bursary fund as well. But what we try to do is to make it feel cheap enough for everyone to take part, but also expensive enough, i.e., two pounds a session, that they don't want to miss sessions. Um, and, and the other thing is that in the studios themselves, so for anyone who's listening to this, you, know, you think, what, what, what's he talking about, studios? There's yeah. 24 studios ranging from small music room, practice rooms, to larger rehearsal rooms for theatre, to a radio station, to TV broadcast, to place where the grand house choir can sing, to uh, music collectives and circus groups to, to rehearse and our poetry collective you mentioned the poetry slam already one of the greatest nights of the year um, mm-hmm. and you know the last time we did a po- the last poetry slam we did um, you know nearly 800 people bought tickets to see young people perform their poetry and these were young people aged I think about 18 to 25 and nobody had ever heard of any of them selling all those tickets and then we broadcast it online as well and there's a great movement around spoken word which you'll have seen um you know uh, uh, on on the tv those adverts for the halifax you know the, mm. i don't know if anyone tweets those, and you get spoken word poetry now more often than not when i see those they're young people who come through the programs at the roundhouse so now yeah. and now professional poets um so there's lots of progression routes through and that was really important and it was making sure that any of those kind of work placements were equally gained and there was a priority um, in everything that we do to make sure that all young people can access our facilities and our taught programs and also to become members so they can just come and use the facilities if they're in a band or a poetry group or want to record something in a recording studio and so on and so forth.
1: Hmm. And there's a bit of cross-fertilization as well with the stuff that you're programming upstairs. So, for example, you have uh, regularly put on sort of circus because you're part of a group of circular <laughs> um, venues, aren't you, the world over. But obviously, not just that, it's an obvious thing for you to put on. So there's circus festivals and, and indeed spoken word festivals. And the kids down below get to take part or help out or get extra experience don't they through those professional artists
0: yes yeah, so the roundhouse is a circle that way and it needs to be that way as well so that young people coming into the program can do stuff in the main space and artists from the main space mm. can do things with young people as well um, uh, yes there's uh, the spoken word festival there's um the uh, roundhouse rising which is about emerging music talent there's in the round, which is uh, usually 10 nights of uh, gigs in the round, but all the support acts from young emerging bands from the roundhouse, giving them the first major moment on, on the stage. And then, you know, through round the transmission roundhouse, which is our radio station, podcasting, and also through our filmmaking and broadcast side as well. The young people get involved in all of those sides, but also into the programming and the producing and the management. And, you know, these are real steps. So if you look at the radio industry now uh, so if you go down to you know somebody's one of my colleagues saying that they can go down to uh, radio one extra and they know most of the people there because most of them have come through the program great uh, and these are really diverse voices they're coming from different places they're giving different insights into our society and that's really great of course for all of us
1: mm. now just a bit about you as well you you're going to have to remind me what year you joined but um go on <laughs>
0: Uh, What date was it? It was the 3rd of August, 1999.
1: 1999, excellent. Party like it's 1999. And um, you have stayed there. You told me once because you just think it's the best job in the world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can't, you know, I look at, every now and again, search agents, headhunters phone up and say, would you consider this? And I say, "Um, yeah, sure. Um, Do you want to to go for it? No. Um, (laughs) The Roundhouse... Putting young people in uh, in the co-pilot seat um, and having that voice of young people throughout keeps a whole organisation youthful, energetic and learning. And I learn so much every single day from work that we do here. Um, I think it's fascinating. And my passion, you know, my passion is that if you can release the potential of a young person, especially a young person who has maybe come from a disadvantaged background who wouldn't otherwise... You know find their potential if that's a real value to them and the world um uh, that's so exciting but also the privilege of being able to work in one of the most amazing buildings in the world mm. fantastic colleagues and also um producing extraordinary music and theater in the main space now you tell me a better job than that
1: don't can't think of it i mean <laughs> uh, On to then the stuff a bit more about sort of the money and what's happened to to you guys. One of the ways that you would also raise, you know, make your money, like a lot of people, was from event hire. And I think you've had some pretty spectacular award ceremonies and birthday parties you've hosted over the years, haven't you? (laughs) you, Are there any of them that stick out for you?
0: Oh, um, you know, there's been, yes, you're right. There's been some big award ceremonies and you know they, those, those organizers rent the roundhouse and then they put them on. Of course when we had the relationship with Apple for the Apple Music Festival yeah. that was extraordinary and um, you know it ranges from everything from the rated awards to things like the Apple Music Festival um, you know they're, they're, that great diversity of events is, is, is very exciting. Yes we rely on um, generating income from a whole range of sources, an amazing matrix. But with COVID, of course, that's just dropped down to fundraising. Um, the, wow. uh, the the private event business, those things like award ceremonies, private dinners and so on, um, you know, there was about 60 of those nights in the year. And then for gigs, there are about 120, 110 gigs in the year. And then on top of that, then the rest of the programme is all theatre and circus and other sorts of mm-hmm. music. Um, now, that's not generating anything at the moment because the doors are closed and the weeds are growing. Um, uh, so we're just having to do everything else we can. So in, in July, um, it, uh, about 40 of us all around the world actually did, did a, a sponsored walk. And the sponsored walk was called Round the Houses uh, because we couldn't do you know, something altogether. We just did something in our local areas. And we raised a staggering amount of money, which really did help. Um, People are so generous.
1: Were you walking around Muswell Hill?
0: Well, I I, I didn't do that because I was finding that I was getting exceptionally bad hay fever. So my 14-year-old son and I did 36 miles in one day in North Norfolk, where the sea breeze was blowing all that away. Um, (laughs) Much better. (laughs) I must admit, I did a schoolboy error, which was to put some new insoles in my walking boots about three days beforehand, and my feet are not recovered yet, I've got to say. But, uh, so that that was a good fundraiser, and we're doing other stuff as well along along the way to try and do it. We've got um, we've just launched a a, a lotto um, for five pound tickets on our website. You know, I think it's called the Big Geek Lotto, um, and that'll raise some money hopefully. Um, and we we're you know yeah, it's really tough. Uh, I mean, it's just really
1: because I mean the, the sad or oh, the devastating thing is that you thought you were raising money for the next phase of your building program which was to build a new sort of hub um and so on and i imagine you've had to sort of put that on hold for a while have you
0: yeah um so we we've got a kind of uh, you know we're developing this the roundhouse as a campus of building. so i'm sitting in um a container building at the moment um it's a building made of shipping containers and there's five floors of offices three floors we rent out and then we wanted to build a, a new building not made out of shipping containers with three new studios and a roundhouse centre for creative entrepreneurs aged 18 to 30. So a new centre for young people to build the numbers that we want to work with. So we want, we're working with about up until COVID we're working we, to about seven and a half thousand young people in the year. And we want to get that up to at least 10,000 young people in the year and to broaden out for those young entrepreneurs, those young people going into into the business of the arts, into creativity or wider business so they can become the entrepreneurs and the business people of the future and particularly those young people who are coming from um, more excluded backgrounds. So yes, the fundraising has really stopped on that, uh, but we're trying really hard. We wanted to get going on that. We're, it's a kind of 8 million pound project. We got to 6 million and that last 2 million is just proving really difficult. We wanted to have started work by now, but it's just not happening.
1: So, what can um, you know? Anyone listening or Hammond High readers do to help? The buy a lottery ticket. What else? Yeah, yeah. I go
0: onto our website, um, and you know, when when shows do come up on sale, and there are some on sale, you know, don't you know, don't feel that you won't. You know, if, if the gig is postponed, you'll be able to take your ticket with the gig when or show when it's postponed. Keep keep supporting. Keep looking at the website. Buy a lottery ticket for us on from the Roundhouse website. Um, and, you know, there are events that we're offering online. Uh, we've got um, some round tables. So, um, you know, there's, there's one with the uh, fabulous Deanna Roger, um, which is about creative facilitation, There's Bridget Minimals um, about journalism. Um, and there's a whole range of other round which people can participate in. So, you know, do take part in those. Um, and, you know, shows are coming up. We've just put online the Akram Khan's Until the Lions show, um, which we broadcast. Um, and, you know, just, I suppose the thing that I'd ask everyone to do is to remember the magic of going out. Yeah. Remember the magic of being with a room full of strangers and you all joined together because of something you absolutely love and didn't realise that the, what that piece of art spoke to other people in the same way it spoke to you. And by bringing everyone together, something magical happens. And artists are missing it. Artists, most artists can't stand performing on Zoom or, or online. They need their audience. Don't forget it, because we'll need you back. And you, when you remind yourself of it, you're going to have, you know, hopefully one of those truly memorable times. And you know, it'll be that first moment back when you come back and we sort of go.
1: Oh, I yeah. just so finally actually i'm going to ask you to do this is going to be really hard but have you got what are your Were there two or two or three really memorable nights that you've had
0: i I know it's hard (laughs) okay um the poetry slam final a couple of years ago was on the night of the general election we thought nobody was going to come it was completely full and these young people talked about incredible things and i think that night will stay with me
1: mm-hmm.
0: forever um i think the barbershop chronicles last summer was a moment when you know you walk if you walked in through the doors then and saw young people queuing up to get into the studios you, you saw the audiences coming out or being in the bar or whatever the company it felt like london it felt yeah. just like london it wasn't like an exclusive bit of london it just felt like london that was that was a magic moment I've seen so many companies and shows and bands and, and everything else I've absolutely adored. And choosing one band above any of the others would be really difficult. Uh, <laughs> there was a, quite a special moment I, um, about uh, the, the, the weekend before I started work at the Roundhouse. I had this, I'd, I'd been to a prom. Uh, being in the other round big round building in in mm-hmm. London and I said wouldn't it be great to have a kind of contemporary music proms and and I so a friend of mine was working at the BBC and I said what about this idea of kind of alternative proms well that turned into the BBC electric proms and we did five years of those and they got Paul McCartney to come and do a show um uh, I'm a bit of a Beatles fan and yeah and he's got, he's got a pad up, up the road in St John's Wood, so it was a short stretch for him. Oh, well, I didn't know that, but that, that's good news. <laughs> and um, I, I was standing up on the balcony thinking, I wonder if this is going to be one of the really great gigs. It was one of the really great gigs. I've been to The Who the night before. You know, these were kind of old-timer bands, but there's something so fresh. And there was a very little girl and some kind of uh, people in their 20s dancing on the balcony and I was dancing alongside and I suddenly realized it was all, all Paul McCartney's children I was dancing with. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say when I saw Jay-Z at the Roundhouse, uh, Lady Gaga, you know there have been some some quite phenomenal artists. Prince, uh, I've got a picture well, of Prince. <laughs> yeah Prince, that's his last big gig here. James Brown's last filmed concert was one of the most amazing concert um tracy chapman i absolutely adore tracy chapman that was that was a, an amazing moment
1: um, yeah oh it's hard to pick them out isn't it but however what we now have to do is to look forward there's going to be more it will happen again
0: <laughs> well it'll happen again there are some acts booking in and we are doing work with young people uh, the round your house program that we're doing online but also the roundhouse circles program which is young people in the community And we're booking in shows for the future and let's hope there's a vaccine soon and that people embrace it and we come back and we are stronger for it.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for giving me all your time. And I'm sure everybody loves the Roundhouse and wishes it the best for the future. But basically, perhaps they need to also give it a little bit of a helping hand by (laughs) buying a ticket or going on and buying a a lotto. (laughs) <laughs> but thank you so much, Marcus. It's been brilliant. Thank
0: you to you, Bridget, <laughs> and, and to the Hammond High. You've been fantastic um, partners in this, and that's how we see all those people that we work with as partners. So thank you.
1: Yeah, lovely to talk to you. Bye-bye. You. Bye. <laughs> Thanks very much to Marcus uh, for giving us all that time and brilliant information. Uh, and if you like this podcast, why not uh, like, subscribe, or review it? From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to
0: audioboom.com/channel/archant.